Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Do you volunteer? If so, congratulations. Volunteerism is one of the most cherished of American values. You are only one of the nearly 64.5 million Americans who volunteer every year, and the worth of your volunteer time has reached over $22 per hour. Volunteering is a super gratifying experience that is beneficial to both those being served and those serving. And the great thing is anyone can do it. The terms volunteering and volunteer can apply to such a wide variety of activity that there is definitely a little place in there for everyone. Donating your time to the local library is no less or more important than spending your time socializing with the residents of a nursing home or flying to Thailand to help out at an orphanage. While I believe that everyone is capable of helping in some way, there are definitely some qualities that make people more inclined towards volunteering. However, the standard volunteer is insufficient. Mediocrity is lethal. It erodes persistent problem solving, disruptive innovation, and tenacity. More dangerous than the standard volunteer are the ones that either suck up your time and energy or those that show up without generating any results. If you and your organization want to take on the biggest challenges facing humanity, you will need an amazing tribe of volunteers. The key word here is amazing. My guest today is Helen Arnold, president of Arnold Olson Associates, a firm that provides fund development consulting services for nonprofit organizations. In addition, she is a principal of Clearly Compliant, a company that provides third-party state registration services for nonprofits. An internationally certified fundraising and executive, Helen has a 40-plus year history, both as a volunteer and as a professional in the nonprofit world. As a volunteer, Helen has served on 58 nonprofit boards in Chicago, New York, Eastern Iowa, and Las Vegas, Nevada. Everything from human service to education to religious to government. Welcome, Helen. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. When we connected down in Las Vegas at the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits uh, Fall Conference, I sat in all the classes that you taught, realized, my gosh, what a wealth of information and an amazing resource that you are in the nonprofit world, But you mentioned that you were writing your book, something about volunteering, but not from the nonprofit side, but I as the individual. So what is compelling you to really want to look at the volunteer? Absolutely true. I am writing a book uh, entitled Volunteering for the Genius for Charity Channel Press. It is how to be a volunteer. As you talked about, volunteers give billions of dollars every year in the United States, free of charge, and that doesn't include their special skills, that's just time, to nonprofits of all kinds. P 
people spend a lot more time volunteering than they realize. What this book does is says, don't do that haphazardly. You definitely need to plan. You would plan for a paid job, plan for your volunteer work. I uh, start out uh, pointing out that people where people volunteer in their daily lives and they take it for granted. It's just part of our culture. And if you stop and think about it, the light bulb is going to go on. And then I give a lot of history all over the world. I do the history of volunteering in China, Japan, India, other countries, and show how it really is in some ways the same, but in some ways incredibly different than the United States. The United States has a higher percentage of the population that volunteers than any other country in the world in all age groups. That's a remarkable thing make sure you have a really good volunteer fit. So you have to know yourself. You have to know what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you might want to learn. The blessing of being a volunteer is you get to do things and go places and learn stuff that you would never do otherwise. And you don't have to pay to go to college to do it. You can learn on the job and you get to meet people you would never have met otherwise. Your life is so rich. It's just, it wouldn't be the same without volunteering. But you want to do it in a way where you're going to be happy and the nonprofit is going to be happy. Everybody should win. I'm on five nonprofit boards right now because that's kind of where my passion is. And they all center around education and, and really in the entrepreneurial community. I didn't really have a plan, Helen, I have to be honest. I mean, somebody came to me and said, ooh, we think you need to know about this organization or we need you to help us start an organization. And so it just kind of happened. But your message is you got to give some thought behind the opportunity and and what's going to make you an amazing volunteer versus a mediocre one. That's correct. Absolutely. If you get into a situation because you owe somebody a favor or uh, you sort of get dragged in and you don't have a passion for the mission, you may end up just sort of showing up and not getting anything done. That doesn't help you. It doesn't help the nonprofit. And we all, if you've ever served on a board, we've all run into the volunteer that has uh, got a sense of ownership that maybe makes everybody else uncomfortable. They've been there forever, and they sort of take over. And uh, you want to make sure you're not being that kind of volunteer, because everybody who is willing to get up off their couch and show up and give of their time and talent should be valued and should be given the same opportunity to accomplish. Um, so it's, uh, you, there are lots of great war stories about volunteers that um, some are not repeatable, I guess, but uh, uh, it, it can get very colorful when you have a volunteer situation that isn't working, and that's very counterproductive. It costs the nonprofit money and time and uh, staff people to figure it out, and the volunteers stop coming if they feel they're not valued, so you have to be careful about that. You also want to make sure, uh, for instance, if you're a CPA and you're being recruited for a board or for service with a nonprofit as a CPA, and you do not want to do that, you want to get away from your job, and you want to go play basketball at the Boys and Girls Club. If you want to do something different, you have to make sure that 
it's a good fit for you, that you are standing up for what you want to do. Don't let yourself be pushed into a corner because uh, you have uh, experience in a profession that that nonprofit wants to take advantage of. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Helen Arnold, president of Arnold Olson Associates, a firm that really helps nonprofits be better nonprofits. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But really, Helen, I mean, you know, you served on, and you're not done, obviously, you have 58 behind you, and I know there's more coming. But actually, at this point, I'm I'm at sixty two boards. Sixty two, sixty two right now. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. But again, I mean, when you think about all the different, you know, the variety of the boards that you've served on, and and of course, what does that actually mean? You know, the work that you've done, and and the nonprofits that you've helped. And so, as someone that you know, if if you're not, well, let me put it this way. So if I'm someone that wants to volunteer for a nonprofit, and you're talking about I should be passionate about the cause and all of that, then realistically, there has to be some work on the nonprofit side to make sure that I have a solid program and things like that. So I know you work with organizations to help develop that side of it. Absolutely. The nonprofit when they are recruiting volunteers, uh, their obligation is to make sure that their programs are very clearly communicated to whoever their volunteer is going to be, what the expectations are, um, how they are going to be expected. If you're going to volunteer, you have to show up. You have to keep things confidential. They're really givens in all of that. But the nonprofit has to have a very clear track and path that they are taking to deliver their mission so that the volunteer can find the spot in what they do, if it's programmatic or if it's clerical or if it's uh, board service or if it's committee service, however that volunteer can fit in that is comfortable for them and good for the nonprofit. The nonprofit has to be very, very clear about what is available for the volunteer and what the job expectations are. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the, the, the responsibility of the nonprofit. And the better the nonprofit is at doing that, the more successful they are with their volunteer programs. Right. And so I would think that, you know, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of startup nonprofits as well as very seasoned organizations. And so what what kind of advice would you give to a, you know, less than three or four year old nonprofit that's really kind of gotten through the, you know, the entry level and now they're ready to start building on leveraging volunteers? Well, they should at this point have done a very good um, strategic plan, which would include their programs and any capital needs if they're going to build a building, if they want to develop programs, and a development plan. And that's resource development. People like to say it's a fundraising plan. It's way more than raising funds. It's raising uh, awareness. It's raising volunteer help. And in that development plan should be written job or task descriptions for what they need in volunteers. The strategic plan should identify what those needs are. And if it hasn't, go back and do it over again. Do the plan over again. 
and it, if you've done the plan right, you know exactly what you need. If you are starting a program, for instance, that is serving children, if you need uh, people to volunteer to tutor after school, if you need them to volunteer to uh, even sit in on a supervised visit, that would take special training. You need to know what you need from the volunteer. And if, if you ha take specialized training, if it's a medical clinic or if it's a, a woman's shelter or if it's uh, children at risk, it will take, you'll have to be trained and certified to um, uh, help those kids and those people. And you, uh, some of the volunteer jobs do require uh, investigations. You have to go through uh, criminal investigations and things like that. So as a volunteer, you need to know, and it's the obligation of the nonprofit to tell you exactly what that is and what kind of time you're committing to. If you are good with two or three hours a week, that's terrific. If you want to spend five hours a month, that's terrific. You, or if you only want to be involved in a special event to help raise money, that's terrific too. But you need to know what kind of time you have that you're willing to give to this nonprofit so they can put you in the right place. And then they have to have a written description of what they expect from you and when they expect it. You owe each other that so there's clarity. Otherwise, it gets very confusing. And I guarantee you if you have five people in the room without anything in writing, you're going to have five different views and five different opinions. Right, right. Well, Helen, we have to go to break. So we're going to come back and we're going to pick up on this uh, very important topic about being a volunteer. This is Dan Pilla, author of How to Win Your Tax Audit. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is an important resource because she provides all the information small businesses need to succeed. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show. Doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Volunteers bring a wide range of contributions to the table. It could be seasoned skills or raw energy. It could be fundraising power or field expertise. They could be one-off contributions or ongoing commitments. Regardless of the particular contribution or the duration of that volunteer's presence, if you want to take on the supersized challenges, then every nonprofit should put a sign on their door that says, Amazing Volunteers Welcome! You'll be glad you did. And who totally understands this but my fabulous guest, Helen Arnold, president of Arnold Olson Associates, a company committed to nonprofit success based in Las Vegas, Nevada, who helps with strategic planning, board training, volunteer training, resource audits, just to name a few of the services they provide. 
As someone with over 40 years working in the nonprofit world, she has keen insight on how to develop and implement the system and skills to meet the goals of her nonprofit clients, helping them take the next step into the future. I encourage you to visit her website at arnoldolson.com. So, Helen, we've been talking about, obviously, being a volunteer and certainly the needs of the nonprofit world, who are highly dependent on volunteers. And we were just touching on the fact that, you know, certainly in your work in the nonprofit world is really helping people understand the importance of volunteer, well, establishing volunteer programs, and then out of those programs, what training or licensing or checks need to be in place. Terrific. There's a wide range of training that may or may not be necessary for any volunteer situation. If you're doing clerical work in an elementary school because your kids go there, not so much. They're, they're not going to worry too much. They love to have your hands helping, and it really makes a big difference. However, um, let me give you an example. I was a development director of a human service nonprofit that served women, children, and families. They had a domestic violence shelter, a, um, a homeless shelter, and they have an extensive uh, daycare situation for kids. Part of that uh, domestic violence shelter was counseling uh, victims of domestic violence by telephone or going to the hospital or something like that. A lot of training, several hours of formal training, had to go into any volunteer who did that counseling. I did go through that program, but at the end of that program, where, when you're certified by the state where we were living, they warned you in advance that you would become a mandatory child abuse reporter for the rest of your life. Once you're trained in that, you are always a mandatory reporter. So I, all these years later, I am still a mandatory reporter. If I see that happening, I'm mandated to call the 911 hmm. and, and do something about it. So you have to know as a volunteer what the obligation is in the short-term, mid-term, and long-term before you do it. Be willing, you have to be willing to um, take that on, and that's terrific. If you are doing um, working for an, um, a free health clinic, you have to be trained in the confidentiality of HIPAA and all of that goes on with that law. You cannot talk about patients. You cannot even acknowledge that they've been there. And you have to sign in most, almost every nonprofit I'm aware of, and certainly all my clients, um, a confidentiality agreement has to be signed by every volunteer. You should never, never, never discuss anything that goes on with the clients served by that nonprofit. It's their right to privacy. Mm-hmm. Do you find that now are the nonprofits, are they responsible to pay for these? Like, I know I had uh, the head of the Boy Scouts, and of course, they all have to go through, you know, background checks and all kinds of stuff. So is it the, the role of the nonprofit to pay for all of this? Or if I'm a volunteer, that's part of my contribution into the nonprofit is to pay for that? What do you see? It varies from nonprofit to nonprofit, but usually those background searches are uh, paid for by the nonprofit. I know scouts 
require, now that you brought it up, they require you pay your annual membership fee, but that wouldn't pay for the cost of the background check. Um, they do absorb that into their uh, operating expenses every year. And then whoever is raising funds goes out and raises the funds to cover that. That's just good manners because you're giving your time uh, the nonprofit, unless they're really a startup and they really don't have a dime in the bank, and you offer to pay for that background check, um, the nonprofit should be paying for it. Mm-hmm. So, part of you know establishing within the nonprofit the programs. Here's here's all the areas we need volunteers, and then based on those specific areas, here's the you know training or or credentialing or whatever we need done in order for you to fulfill that. So do you find that, you know, nonprofits are excellent at the front-end planning for all of this? <laughs> well, in all honesty, it varies from nonprofit to nonprofit. Hopefully they are excellent at it. Not all are, that's honest. Um, but the nonprofit's obligation is to make sure that any volunteer has the information, the training, and the resources to do their job. If you're expected, for instance, this is sort of a minor issue, if you're expected to do a mailing, they should have the envelopes there for you to stuff. Um, That's just a given. Some nonprofits, particularly if they're new, get a little bewildered about how to do that and um, I can help any nonprofit with that, and it varies from nonprofit to nonprofit. They all have needs, but how they deliver their mission may be different based on how big they are, what their budget is. Um, it can vary quite a bit, and where their geographic area is that they serve. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Helen Arnold, who's president of Arnold Olson Associates, a company committed to nonprofit success. Helen, one of the things that, you know, it looks very glamorous and people are, you know, I want to do missionary work in a foreign country, but what do you want to talk about as far as volunteering overseas? That is a huge issue because not only uh, do we have the Peace Corps, but there are hundreds of NGOs, non-government organizations, or what we call nonprofits in the United States, that provide services around the world. Um, uh, Doctors Without Borders, those are the big, well-known ones, but there are lots of small ones. There are also the opportunity for families to go on family volunteer vacations for a week or two and uh, to another country and volunteer just for a week or two as a family. So there are several things you need to do. The first thing you need to do is check out how safe the area is. We all know that there's a lot of stuff that you don't want to get involved in, uh, war around the world and conflicts. So you want to make sure that wherever you're going is relatively safe. And this information you can get from the State Department and you can get from the organization that you're uh, going with. Number two, make sure you have all your shots. And if they say optional, make it so. Make sure you get everything, even if it's an optional shot, because you don't want to get sick in a country that may not have the standard of medical care that we have in the United States. Um, That can be a really serious issue. Uh, Number three, they, every um, nonprofit that serves overseas has a list of things that you have to be aware of, visas and uh, 
passports and clothes to take, believe them. They're telling you the truth. But among all that, you need to plan. Once you get there, before you go, you need to make sure that if something goes wrong, you have an exit strategy out of the country. You need to make sure that that your nonprofit or however you're going to do it has a way to get you out and get you out quickly if something happens. You don't want to get kidnapped like the people in Iran that were just hiking in the mountains. You, you don't want that to happen. So uh, be aware. Uh, believe what your nonprofit tells you. Uh, when you are in country, please, please remember to follow their customs. And if that means uh, wearing a burqa, that's what it means. And um, do a lot of reading before you go. Get the background of the people you're going to be with. You want to be aware of their traditions and how they look at the world. It is not necessarily going to be how you see the world. And you're in their home, so you have to make sure that you respect how they look at everything. And don't try and change people. You're just there to help. And you're the nonprofit you're working for will tell you what that looks like, what your job will be. Right. Well, and then also communication is not always at the level that we expect, right? So if you get in trouble... Absolutely. If you have right. a cell phone, you definitely <laughs> want to get foreign. <laughs> uh, so your cell phone will work in, on foreign ground. Right. Um, that's a little expensive, but there are areas where there is no communications at all. If you get way out in the country, there are no cell towers um there there's no western union there's uh there are no landlines they just don't exist so you have to know that before you're going in right but you know i'm sure part of your message is you know it's it's really about being prepared and doing some you know education around what you're where you're going and who you're going to end up with but you're not saying cross it off your list oh no you can get some of the best experiences um there are, in particular, I'm thinking of a company that, or a nonprofit that does planting. You go in and um, and they do a lot of family vacations, and they and it's a lot in Central and South America. And you're up in the in the jungle, but you're helping a village set up a farming situation, uh, uh, doing agriculture, how to get crops in the ground, and how to do. Um, uh, contour farming so the when it rains which happens every day um the the seeds don't wash out of where they've been planted until they can grow and take root and building uh digging wells um one of my son's friends spent uh three years in africa digging wells to get clean water to some of these remote villages it's really 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 important stuff and fun stuff to do you learn so much about a whole different way of life that um you would never you could never really uh appreciate if you read about it in a book right all right well helen we have to go to break we come back we're going to talk about when someone should not be a volunteer so stick with us this is megan mcintosh from emphasis on excellence you are listening to the sherry hill show Sherry Hill is important to me because she gets my minutes done. Sherry Hill is all about excellence. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, 
as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Volunteering is an important and essential contribution from all members of society to help others, ourselves, and to keep life running smoothly. But it's possible to overextend yourself and experience burnout. This show is not intended to discourage you from volunteering. Rather, it's about exploring those occasions when there exist very good reasons for not offering your volunteer services or when, at the very least, you need to vary your volunteer offer. Helen Arnold, a certified fundraising executive and president of Arnold Olson Associates, is a faculty member of the Charity Channel and a contributing author to you and your nonprofit, practical advice, and tips from the Charity Channel professional community. As a CFRE, Helen has served as faculty and speaker to audiences on a wide array of subjects related to philanthropy, such as ethics, grant writing, board development, special events, and campaign planning. Her website is arnoldolson.com. So Helen, let's talk about when someone should not volunteer. It does happen, and it's you're shocked when you first run across a situation where you think, why is that person here and doing that? How can he or she get away with this? That's a matter of concern. Uh, there are volunteers who have what they have call founder's syndrome. If they were on the ground floor of starting a nonprofit, often they don't realize that there is a, a point at which there's they're not helping anymore, they're owning, and they're trying to direct the work of the nonprofit. That is not the um, purview of a volunteer. That's the board together does it, and they're going to be volunteers, but one person should not drive it, and sometimes you run into that. That's why the board needs to build into their bylaws term limits. That's when you have a board director, this would apply to board directors, that has... Um, as they say, gone by their sell-by date. You, you, this, you use that to encourage them to move on to greener pastures or another opportunity. You never want to criticize a volunteer for volunteering. You want to thank them for their service and maybe suggest they might be happier somewhere else. You run into volunteers who uh, are difficult to get along with. Some people can have personalities that are not quite as engaging as others and you want to find a position for them as the supervisor of volunteers in the nonprofit where they're not going to make other volunteers walk away 
you can't afford to lose anybody who wants to volunteer, but you need to help them and counsel them into being more engaging and more understanding and more patient sometimes. It, it can be an adventure. I've, I've actually seen volunteers fight with each other and, that's, and, and in front of clients, and that's <laughs> not a place you want, want to end up. Right. So as someone who, you know, when you are thinking about volunteering, which that's what we're encouraging, and there's a lot of ways to do it, but you have to seriously look at, you know, the time, the commitment, because it it serves nobody if you say you're going to participate and then you barely show. I see this, you know, I serve on a lot of nonprofit boards, and it's like we're in these planning sessions and we're moving forward, and the one guy or gal that's part of this committee, you barely see them. And then you spend a lot of time bringing them current, and you're like, why are you even participating? I mean, well, you're not participating, and now you're causing us time and energy and resources. And that's when you have to be careful. The most important uh, committee on any board is the one that recruits new members. I like to call it a board resource committee. It's often called nominating committee. Um, People volunteer for different reasons. One of the reasons they volunteer may be because they want to connect their name with somebody else on the board. It may be because their supervisor at their job told them they had to get out in the community and represent the company on some boards. These people may not be really engaged in the mission. So when you're recruiting, you have to try to identify that. There should be a formal process for that. And that if you can catch it at that point, that would be a good thing. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. The other thing where, as a volunteer, you have to stand back and look and see if you want to take on uh, what you're doing. Um, Volunteers need to understand that if there is deliberate misbehaving, malfeasance or something on the board or by the staff that they know about, board directors are personally and severally liable for those actions personally. They need to know that. They need to have liability insurance, and they need to be aware that they need it. If you see, as a board director, somebody doing something wrong, and you bring it to the attention of the board, and the board ignores it, at that point, you need to make a decision about whether or not you want to continue service, because you are liable if something, if somebody is caught with uh, doing something fraudulent. And it does happen, not often, thank God, but it does happen. You have to be aware. So you either have to walk away or you have to push harder to make it get resolved. That's a decision only the volunteer can make. They have to, Each one has to make it on their own. If you have a situation where you're partnering with a volunteer in a program where their personality is simply untenable, you go to the supervisor of the volunteer program in the nonprofit, the staff person in charge, talk to them about it, ask for a resolution. If it doesn't get resolved, then it is up to that volunteer whether or not they want to continue. But they owe it to the nonprofit if they choose not to keep going to tell them that they're going to have to leave. Right. And why. Right. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Helen Arnold, who is a certified fundraising executive, that's CFRE, and president of Arnold Olson Associates. And we've been talking a lot about the role of the volunteer as related to nonprofits. And Helen is quite the expert. She's served on over 62 boards 
in her lifetime and so has great knowledge and expertise. And right now we're talking about the fact of, you know, when is not a good time to volunteer? And, you know, we we all live in a cycle in our lives and there are better times for us to be volunteers than others, right? But Absolutely. part of it is really, I mean, there there still has to be passion for the cause. Uh, if you don't have passion and you're only doing it because your boss said you had to or your f- best friend is there and has dragged you along, then, you know, that's something to really consider as well. Absolutely. The, um, I, the volunteer owes it to the nonprofit to give their very best effort. If they say they're going to do it, they need to do it. And the nonprofit, it's incumbent upon them to interview the volunteer and make sure that that, this is where that volunteer will fit and fit well because it becomes a family and you're all working together. It is critical because if if you don't, you may not be as passionate as the next person about the mission, but you ought to care about it. Doing a favor for a friend is not a good reason to get involved unless you really love it. And if you want to be involved to some extent and not others, most nonprofits do special events. That might be a perfect fit. If you're a social person, you, that, they're all parties, and you get to go to a party for a good cause and feel really good about it, but it's a finite amount of time. The planning, the party, the follow-up meeting, and you're finished. It isn't a commitment every week or every month, mm-hmm. and you get to have a lot of fun while you're doing it. If you'd like to do that, that would be a perfect fit, and... Um, party while while you're making money it's great yeah well and the other thing too is that you know as as someone you know whatever level you want to volunteer like you said you could be on a board you could just do a special event or help with a particular program or because you have a unique skill set and they have that one exact need for a short period of time and so I think there's kind of a myth out there around volunteering that oh gosh once I'm sucked in you know it's for the rest of my life and so what do you want to say about that? Because our, our goal is to encourage people to reach out and help these nonprofits who are so vital to our state's economy and our national economy and our global economy that, you know, there's, there's ways to figure out how you fit. Absolutely. It is, volunteering is not a life sentence. That's where you come in as a volunteer. Know yourself. Take yourself on a little retreat. Think this through before you go out and look. Um, make sure that you're interested in what you're doing and that you're, the time is comfortable for you. But things change. Everybody's life changes. Crises happen. Life happens. You simply go to the nonprofit and say, if you have been working every week for a long time and you all of a sudden something happens in your life that that has to change, nonprofits are very understanding about that. They're, you're not going to be criticized or anything for it. It happens, and you have to be honest as things happen and not try to make it fit. If you're trying to be um, working your job and working your volunteer work and then the family crisis you have, uh, you're going to you're not going to be any good to anybody. You're going to be so strung out and so exhausted. So something has to get cut back, cut back the volunteer. You can always go back. You can always change what you're doing. It it is simply, as long as it works correctly for you and it works correctly for the nonprofit, that's fine. If it doesn't, then give them a hug and say, I need to move on. 
Right. No harm, no foul. Right. Be honest about it. It's when you're not honest about it and then just stop showing up or things keep happening and you can't show up, that's when it gets frustrating for both you and the nonprofit. Right. So, Helen, through your uh, company, Arnold Olson and Associates, I mean, you work, obviously, you've helped hundreds and hundreds of nonprofits through your 40-plus career in the nonprofit world. You know, these are the kinds of things that you help um, nonprofits really understand. So give us just a, you know, a quick, what are all the things that you do for nonprofits? The first thing I recommend is a strategic plan. Now, that can look a lot different for each nonprofit. It depends on how well established the nonprofit is, whether it's new or been around 100 years. Um, the uh, a, a good strategic plan includes staff, volunteers, the board, and any stakeholders out of the community. And once you have a really good strategic plan, and part of that is a good development plan, and then you know where you're going, you know how you're going to get there, and you know when you're going to get there and who is responsible for the the steps to make it happen. (laughs) Then you can be comfortable that you're you're headed the right direction because otherwise – the next shiny thing that comes along, you get distracted, and um, mission creep happens, and you end up doing something that may not really connect with your mission. So everything you do in a nonprofit has to go back to the delivery of the mission. That is critical. And if it isn't doing it, it may be a great thing, and it may be a lot of fun, but it isn't the right thing for the nonprofit. So you have to be careful of that because it's very it's very easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um Then, um, and before you do uh, a whole development plan, you need what I call a resource audit, but you have to take a look at your organization. What do you have to give to a development plan? The components of what happens in an annual campaign or a major gift campaign or a planned giving campaign are the same, but how you implement it depends on how many volunteers are available, what kind of financial resources are available because it costs money to make money, and um, uh, what kind of staff time can be devoted to it, and that varies with every nonprofit. You can only do as a nonprofit what works for you to do. And that's where volunteers come in. The more volunteers, particularly the ones that are very talented, if you can't afford to pay a CFO, if you are really a startup with a few people, you need somebody on your board or somebody that is willing to give their time to do the accounting, their time to do the legal stuff you need. If you can't afford to pay for it, they have to volunteer it. And those people really are doing it for the love of the mission. We're going to pick up on this when we come back, so stick with us. This is Helen Arnold from Las Vegas. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is an awesome best friend to Nevada nonprofits. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? Like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. 
For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Part of being a great volunteer is loving what you're doing. Find something that you're passionate about or something that inspires you, and then find a need in your community. There are dozens of reasons why you should volunteer. You just need to find the one that feels right. Some are motivated by altruistic values. Some seek social justice. Others see service as a way to enable a democratic political system. Whatever your reason, we believe volunteering can transform you and the world around you. My guest today is Helen Arnold, president of Arnold Olson Associates, a firm that provides fund development consulting services for nonprofit organizations. In addition, she is a principal of Clearly Compliant, a company that provides third-party state registration services for nonprofits. An internationally certified fundraising executive, Helen has a 40-plus year history, both as a volunteer and as a professional in the nonprofit world. As a volunteer, Helen has served on 62 nonprofit boards in Chicago, New York, Eastern Iowa, and Las Vegas, Nevada. Everything from human service to education to religious to governmental. So, Helen, my gosh, we are learning a ton from you related to the nonprofit world, and, and really we're, we're drilling down to one of the most important pieces of any nonprofit, whether just starting or even seasoned, is the role of strategic planning for that nonprofit. Absolutely. You have to have a plan. Without that, it is incredibly easy to confuse activity for accomplishment. You really want to deliver your mission in the most effective way you possibly can with the most um, uh, intense effect on the clients you serve as you can possibly do. And without a plan, that just isn't going to happen. Right. Well, and the strategic plan is for the overall organization, and then you drill down from there. Volunteers particularly startup nonprofits, volunteers are absolutely critical for delivery of the programs, for making sure that the fundraising happens, uh, that uh, the volunteers are the best advocates. If they're talking about what's going on in the nonprofit while they're in the grocery store or they're shopping or they're doing anything, um, getting their car washed, they're advocating for this nonprofit out in the community. They're putting out the word of what the nonprofit does and the benefit it has, and that's what every nonprofit needs. So volunteers need to know that they fill that role as well. Um, and if you don't have a plan about how you're going to use the volunteers as a nonprofit, then you don't use them well, and you want to do that. If they're giving their time, they want their time to be effective, and you need their time to be effective. Well, I, I think at one point I read some statistic, I can't remember what it was, but 
the you know somebody volunteers they put in their first year and there's a huge loss of volunteers returning to help in the next year and so i'm going to guess as someone who works with a lot of nonprofits, that a huge part of the reason is because they haven't really thought out how to utilize how to um really make these volunteers feel welcome and celebrating what they're doing for the organization, like a huge lack of communication, I would guess. Absolutely. The um, nonprofit, I can guarantee you the nonprofit, didn't identify what they wanted the volunteers to do clearly. They didn't give them the resources, and they didn't give them the positive feedback, and that's why the volunteers left 99% of that is is what happened there may be another personal reason for the volunteer but if the volunteers do not feel valued and if they don't feel like they are making a difference they're not going to stay because they feel like they're wasting their time so i would say that the nonprofits and are failing to communicate uh, uh exactly what they need and thanking the volunteers for doing it that's um the only pay you get as a volunteer is being recognized and thanked. Right. And it, it you have to feel valued or you won't be back. Sometimes you get a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sherry Hill. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show with guest Helen Arnold, who's president of Arnold Olson Associates. And Helen, I know right now you're trying to write your uh, next book, But tell us a little bit about, you know, where, if I'm out here and, you know, we're unloading a lot of information on people and we've really been kind of focused on the volunteer side of nonprofits, you know, what are some great resources besides yourself? You know, I want people to go out to your website at, what is your website? ArnoldOlson.com. And so what other resources, because you're involved in so many organizations in the nonprofit world, some of the things that you would encourage people who are ready to volunteer, already volunteering in a nonprofit as a staff member or even as an executive director, what's some good stuff that I should know? I always recommend searching online. Um, Most people do have or have access to some kind of a computer or they have a smartphone. If you really want to stop, start at the top and then filter down through the whole country and everything you can do, go to volunteer.gov and that will connect you with hundreds of nonprofits. If there are national nonprofits in your neighborhood, the Heart Association, the Cancer Society, uh, the Kidney Foundation, um, Alzheimer's, go to any of their uh, websites and they can connect you with chapters that are close to you. If you're interested in politics, go to your county or city or state websites. They all have volunteer opportunities. Click on it. They'll tell you what you need to do to apply. There's lots of interesting stuff you can learn as volunteering in volunteering on committees for cities or counties. It's uh, fascinating what you can learn, and people don't think about going there uh, to to do volunteer work unless they're politically oriented. But if even if you're not, you can. Um, uh, get some really, really interesting experience doing that. Mm-hmm. If you, there's a cause you like, if you can go um, do a search on youth agencies, you can do a search on elderly services or senior services or whatever 
you want to do. You can, uh, if you're looking for arts, if you want to volunteer for a theater, if you want to work backstage, um, there are theaters in your area, community theaters, and you can just uh, click on their websites. They'll, they all want volunteers, and they all have it on their websites, and they're happy to let you know where to go and what to do. All right, and and it should be fun, and and part of. You know, being a volunteer. My problem is every time I open my mouth and say I'm passionate about this, I get invited onto the board. So, <laughs> because, you know, I come in with business skills and marketing and things like that. And a lot of nonprofits, they're all over here, you know, trying to fundraise and do all this hard stuff. And I come in with a lot of fun and, and interesting for profit mindset into these nonprofits. So I really, I love the fact that. I get to contribute my areas of expertise in ways that maybe they haven't even thought about because they're more concerned with let's put on a special event. Exactly right there. It's um, uh, Often, too, you have people on boards that are totally program-oriented for whatever the mission is, and they don't understand public relations and marketing. They don't understand fundraising. It seems very foreign to them. Part of what I do is take the fear out of fundraising. Fundraising is friend-raising. Making an ask for money is uh, what terrifies most people on a board. You want me to do what um, is what you hear. But what you're doing is you're talking to people about what this organization does and all the good it does and the difference it makes in somebody's life. You're not really asking for money. You're asking for them to partner with you in changing lives. And once you can get beyond the fact uh, that you're uh, not, as a volunteer, that you're not asking for yourself, you're asking for the kids you're serving or the old folks you're serving or whatever that looks like, um, then you're more comfortable with it, and it's fine, because then you can have a good time. But uh, like you, I've, I've been asked to be on boards because of my skill set, because people would love to let somebody else do all the fundraising. But it really is a team sport, and volunteers, even if they're not asking for money, are raising support for the organization every time they talk about it, every time they do anything for it. So they're, they're truly, truly critical to success, and um, volunteering on a board is, is terrific fun, and you, you get to meet a lot of people you would never other meet, otherwise meet. It's, that's the best part. There are lots of millions of people out in the world, and they each have their own story, and I just can't wait to hear the next one. Awesome. I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing and really making sure that our listeners understand that volunteering at any level can be rewarding, it can be fun, and it can certainly open the door to a lot more opportunity. So we have to go, and I'll catch up with all of you next week. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show.